Welcome to Elite Team Athletics Podcast. I got my guy Q in here. I'm your host, Kyle Cognitori, and we have the pleasure of having former Northern Illinois University linebacker and current steady cam operator Renard sharing with us today. How's it going, Renard? Good, man. What's good? Thank y'all for having me. Appreciate you coming on, man. Appreciate y'all, man. Yeah, how's it going, man? How's California treating you? It's going good, man. It's, uh, it's getting hot out here. Uh, busy time of the year. Having fun. Happy to get a somewhat better in quarantine life. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I could imagine, good. man. It's a uh, quarantine in LA is probably not uh, the place to quarantine. Yeah, it's a lot stricter <laughs> than other states that I've been to. So, it's definitely, uh, definitely getting a little better, but yeah, it's still very strict. You know, yeah. I saw your rig, bro. It's got to be hard to carry that thing around in that California heat. <laughs> yeah, it's a. I, you get used to it over time, but definitely some days when it gets really hot, it, it, it feels like, you know, you have a, a big-ass, um, what to call it, a weight vest on, and you're just running around with it, and you're just soaking wet. I usually bring a couple of shirts instead, actually, and I usually switch at lunch. So, yeah, it, it definitely feels like a workout. Jeez. So, you're from Deerfield Beach, Florida, yeah. and you mm-hmm. ran away to California after college. Yeah. But tell us first what it was like growing up there in Florida. Uh, uh it, was, it, was a, it was a good environment. Um, good people. Uh, definitely heavily sports and very very heavy sports environment. Football is definitely the thing down there. Um, I grew up in Deerfield first when I, I moved to Palm Beach, Florida at like seven years old. Um, Deerfield is kind of like a rougher area in some points, and then Palm Beach is a little more lighter, like where exactly I'm from in Palm Beach and Lake Worth area. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely football heavy related, I guess, yeah. Was that the only hobby you were doing? Um, I was playing football. I played basketball for like two years. wasn't too good at it. Uh, I played baseball for a couple of years. I actually really enjoyed baseball. It's just, I got my heart wasn't like all there. Uh, I skateboarded for a couple of years. I actually still skate now, like for like just the hell of it, just like roll around. But I don't do anything crazy. I don't want to get hurt. Hold That's on. Really so I, I've known you for some years, and I've never yeah. known that you play basketball or you skateboard. Oh, you never? Oh, yeah, I, I still skate. I, I I still on the board now, but I can just roll around now. But I definitely skated like probably from like sixth to ninth grade. I was just like doing crazy shit, and my dad was like, "Yo, you gotta chill out." <laughs> so what's what type of what type of moves did you have on the skateboard? I know the simple tricks. Like I can get up and, and, and do some grinds, uh, kick flips, hip flips. Like they know those little simple tricks. Nothing like crazy. I didn't like jump up too high in the air or not. But I just so you so you got the the fifty fifty grind and uh, the three sixty pop shove it. A little simple, simple shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. So then what other sports were you playing? Or when you were playing football, what positions were you playing? Oh, man, I was all over the place. Um, primarily, I was actually a quarterback from, like, fifth grade up until, like, 10th grade. I was playing quarterback, and that's what I thought I wanted to be, you know. But at the same time, I was also playing linebacker, but 
my main focus was playing quarterback. I was getting listen playing quarterback. And then, um, yeah, I transitioned to linebacker once I realized that I wasn't going to start at quarterback because it's how many we had in high school. So, yeah, linebacker came to be the way, and I came to love it. But it also came to hurt me in the long run. So, yeah. So when you were a quarterback, what type of quarterback were you? Were you the the big, big husky Ben Roethlisberger in the pocket, you know, trying to break tackles and not move, or you were the Lamar Jackson? You had to be the big. I was like, oh, man, I was like in the middle. Like, I, I wasn't I wasn't like the fastest kid, man. I was probably running like a, like a four or seven, but I was shifty enough to get away, but not like sluggish at all. So, yeah. So it's a Russell Wilson. Yeah, I was saying in the middle of the for sure, Russell. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I see that. I see that. Were all your teammates local players from the area? Like, or, uh, or how did that all work out when you guys were all getting there? Am, am I saying that right way, Q? So pretty much uh, the teammates that you played with in high school um, or even other local players that were in your, I guess, area, conference, are any playing professionally, any big names that you came up playing against? Uh, the biggest name was Trey Mason. I must remember him. He was the... Uh, he played at Auburn. Auburn, yeah. Back, and he did yeah. to Rams. Rams. But Trey was uh, a senior when I was a freshman. And I was lucky enough to... Um, I was second screen quarterback in varsity my, my uh, freshman year. And I was lucky enough to hand him the ball a couple times. And, and he was good. He was a good person. And just watching him go to NFL. And I'm actually, like, really, really close to his younger brother. We still hang out when we go home with Trey, but I'm more close to his younger brother. Um, who else? Another my best friend, Tevin, he uh, had a uh, a stint with the Redskins. I played high school with him. He was a year older than me. I'm trying to think. And then his younger brother, uh, Travis, who's now with the Seahawks. So he's, uh, like, I think, second year with the Seahawks right now. So, yeah, I think those are the three that... Bro, Trey Mason was yeah. a dog, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trey was a dog. I, I, I mean, he was definitely a legend coming out of Palm Beach. So, yeah, those are my three main close friends that, that have gone to the league, and then there's a couple of them that I've played with that I wouldn't say close friend, but I'd say acquaintances that I know. Yeah. Trey, Trey was – dude, I remember when he came in as a freshman he was playing, and I was just like, dude, this dude is going to be the man. And I don't know what happened with the Rams. I don't know what they did to him, but – Man, he was a dog in college. I was yeah, a big he's, fan. And he's a different type of player, man. And I was excited to watch him. Like, just crush it and definitely excited to watch him. Uh, I think his final season in the SEC Championship and his crush his records and go play national championship, it was, it was definitely a sight to see. I was happy I was able to. Yeah, he was super fun. So then you played, you were a four-year or letter winner at Park Vista. Yeah. Were you getting some serious tick as a freshman? Oh, uh, no, not necessarily. Only because it, it was because of injury I was able to move up like that. I wouldn't say I was the most accurate passer. Like, I would have my days. And that's what I was, wasn't consistent enough to, to you know, get to that, that next point. I think that's what kind of held me back. But I think once I transitioned to uh, linebacker, I was able to start myself. Well, I mean, you were all district three times. Yeah, so my, my sophomore year. <laughs> 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 so you figured it out quick yeah, yeah, yeah. i was thankful to figure. i had to man I, I had to figure it out quick but but yeah thankfully yeah. so what was the recruiting process like for you during all that time uh, it, it was uh it was slow at the beginning i, I was getting a lot of interest but uh, my weight was a huge problem 
you know, outside linebacker, I was probably floating around like 185, like from sophomore, junior year. Then my senior year, I put on a little more weight. Um, the problem with that was like, I was playing receiver also my senior year, so I was playing both ways. And that kind of held me back from gaining more weight because I was like trying to also make sure I was fast enough to play a receiver. But uh, it was slow. I think my my junior year spring going into my senior year, I probably had like three offers. I think they were from like FAU, um, Appalachian State, what was that number? And FIU. And I actually committed to FIU early on. I thought, oh, I might get any more offers. Like my dad's like, we had to talk like, fuck it, listen to me. And then, um, <laughs> and then I took a, that summer, I took a, a, a road trip with a buddy of mine, Emmanuel, and we drove all the way like, from college to college, one of my parents like listed a bunch of camps. We just hit them all. It was probably like seven or eight of them. And then at that little showcase, I, I gained more offers. And then uh, I think by July, August of that time, uh, I also sent out my tapes and whatnot. I got off from Northern and uh, like they were ranked at the time. So it was kind of like a no brainer. I was like, you know, let's just take it. And I wanted to go somewhere different. You know what I mean? It was snowy. It was, Northern Illinois, I didn't know what the hell to expect. But I was like, it's, it's different in Florida. Let's go. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. My, I, I never heard somebody say, I want to go where it's snowing. <laughs> I, ne- I never seen snow at that point. So, I was like, let's, let's go somewhere different, man. So, it was definitely it was definitely a sight to see when I, I got to see snow on my visit. So, that was cool. Did you regret yeah, like, that decision? No, not at all. I think, <laughs> I think going to Northern was probably one of the best decisions in my life. I was just I talking about the winter part. I was just talking oh, about the Oh, oh, man. Shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. It was fun the first time around, like, a freshman year, but, yeah, I didn't I didn't like that too much. Just waking up, having a freaking, you know, I got a car. I had to warm up my car. Had to, like, like, layers. <laughs> he was like, my, my car is usually hot. <laughs> I, I, somewhere, I just thugged it up. And I, I put on a shirt and just run to the Jordan, which is, like, our facility. I just, I'm not even put on a jacket, but I'm just tired. So I used to just dug it out like that. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> so then you start off at NIU, you get redshirted, right? Yeah. What was that experience? Were they just trying to get you get you some weight on you? No, so actually I wasn't supposed to go there until January because I had gray shirt. Because okay. my I mean I did not have good grades come out of uh, high school. So in my test scores, you know, when you have lower GPA, you have to match your test scores and it just wasn't happening right away. So I actually, um, that I had like one more stint. I took summer classes like online and I took the test one more time and I got a high score and then I told the coach, he's like, all right, great. Let me see what I can do. And I got a call literally like two days before camp started. He's like, can you drive up now? We got an open spot. You don't have to wait. And I was like, fuck it, let's go. Parents, we packed the car, just left. And, uh, and that's how that worked. But I didn't have like, you know, probably I didn't have any time to learn to play book or anything like that. So I kind of just popped in. Like, got myself to unpack, went straight into camp, and it's like, oh, all right, I'm here playing college football now. And that's yeah. overwhelming, especially when you don't know that play. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was a, it was a good thing also to put some weight on me and, and, and got a little more physical. And yeah, so it was, a, I think redshirting was definitely a good thing. I didn't have to waste a year, but yeah. So when you finally started playing, though, was it nuts playing against like an Ohio State? Yeah, that was, a, I was one of the best experiences in my life. Uh, I think because they had like that's when they had like all the players like Ezekiel, um, like Braxton Miller. They had both with JT and what's the other the big boy playing quarterback. Yeah, it was had, it Terrell had, there that time. No, it was Terrell yeah. older than that. 
Terrell Pryor. Nah, I, no, it wasn't Terrell. Who was it? It was a big. Who was number twelve? Oh, you're talking Haskins. Cardell. Cardell. Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones. Yeah, Cardell so, Jones, yeah, you're right. Cardell and JT. Yeah. And back and forth. So I was a, a definitely a squad they had going on there. Um, that's the first time I walked in a, a packed stadium. It was like 110,000 people. It's just like Bro. crazy. That's my second game starting. So the shoe. The yeah. shoe is crazy. That that is a yeah. amazing atmosphere. Yeah, that was definitely something crazy. Our first game, I think, I don't know who we played. It might have been UNLV. It was UNLV. So it wasn't like that big of a game, but like just walking as my second start going into that place. That and you also and you also had a career high of nine tackles in that debut versus UNLV. Yeah. You remember that? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> that must be it. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that, was, that was a game, man. Definitely some like a lot of adversity. I was shook the first like moments just walking in there and after the first snap, it's just like, all right, let's go. Didn't, yeah. they have, didn't they have a pretty darn good receiver, too, at the time? I think when he got oh, yeah, in the yeah. league, he had a lot of injuries. He's, saying, he's at, in the Saints right now. He's the, uh, number three. What's his name? Mike something. Thinking, oh, you're thinking, you're thinking Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thinking Mike. Um, Why am I having a – Mike Michael Thomas. Yeah, so they had him. Yeah, I remember <laughs> him scoring with us, too. Didn't they have a, a Devin Smith, too, though? Yeah, they, they probably did. Dude, they're, 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 they're loaded. loaded. They did. Yeah. Yeah, I know they had the cornerback and then the, the, the uh, linebacker who also Darren Lee, who's in Jets right now, I think. Yeah, yep. and also, so. that Pat Elfline who plays for the Vikes, who is supposed to be good, and he's – we don't even know what's going on with Pat Elfline <laughs> right now. That's we don't even know. <laughs> yeah, they're very scary. Man, that, that would be so freaky. Was it crazy? Did you, did you have a, 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 like, welcome to college – moment when you're starting like did you get rolled over by any big boys on any blocks or anything in that game uh not that i remember no i remember whoever the tight end was i remember him like getting me a couple times and like i just couldn't it's one of those moments when you're just trying to get up a blocking like bro just, he, he he has me and just <laughs> took me for a ride a couple times i remember that and I, had to, I had to like put a little shake and bake on him a couple times i remember that but it wasn't like not that I definitely got knocked on my ass a couple times, but not that game specifically. I don't remember. Hey, that's a good game to not get knocked on your ass, though. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy, dude. Did you have aspirations of playing after college? I did. I, I did. Uh, my goal was to always like play like you know two three years and take my money and and, and do something else with it. I didn't have like long term goals. I think I just I always had that like. Thing like right, like let's play a couple years. I wasn't like the rest of my life football, but uh, yeah, that's that's really goal was. So yeah. So what'd you end up doing? Were you tell us that process? Like uh, like what I'm doing now, or like? Well, before before you got into the the steady cam stuff with all with all that, I was talking like pro football. Oh, like well, like what did I want to do to get there? Yeah, were you were you getting prepped for the draft? What were you doing? Oh uh, no no, so I actually. Well, my redshirt sophomore year, I was put on medical hardship after my fifth concussion. So, I I have my fourth and fifth one back to back within like I'll say like two and a half months in span, and that's when you know I had to make a tough decision with everything going on and like mentally, I was just like, yo, this is not gonna uh, end up well for me if I keep heading this route. So, I made a tough decision with medical redshirt. Following 2017, and then that's when, like, I had, like, force, well, I 
I did because I redshirted. So I had four semesters by graduating, three left uh, to really figure out what I want to do. Like, you know, okay. into my life, and I'm, I'm here now. So yeah, that's how kind of that went. So I played three years, and then yeah. Well, then when did you get into the camera stuff? The passion for that. Where did you find that? Because obviously Man. that's what you ran with, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in middle school, I had like an editing class, and I used to me and my homeboy Marquise used to take like you know the guys we actually loved watching and take their highlights, like like five of their highlight tapes and cut them up our own and add our own music to it. And then we started um, uh, making our own once we you know we got good in a couple of uh, probably like sophomore year we started making our own. Our teammates started asking us like, hey, hey, can you make ours now and whatnot. And eventually I got paid from YouTube from like some of the videos that I was putting on there, revenue. And I bought uh, a little a little camera of mine for like $800 or something. And I used to have like like one of the, like the water boys or somebody on the sideline and get extra sideline footage of us just to cut from like the, the sky view yeah. they had. And that's how I kind of started like getting in the camera world and that. And then I kind of followed that same path once I was able to make a highlight tape my freshman year other boys started following that and then um i would say i think my shirt. so after my shirt sophomore after Richard freshman year i bought a drone my mom my mom helped me buy a drone and i was i used to just fly it like because you know there's nothing doing it in northern it's like straight cornfields and it's like backwards i used to just take my car like on sundays and just hit it just trying to find a new place and hey, i found like this what was that uh the name of that store we went to. I knew it was only like one type of a uh, grocery store. It was kind of like a everything go to oh, Snooks. It's like Snooks, yeah. <laughs> Snooks. Yeah. I never heard of that place. It's like a, I think when Northern probably has like 20,000 people or something, something like that. It's just a small cornfield town. But um, yeah, so I found a place called Oregon, Illinois, Oregon, Illinois, where there was a huge river in Oregon. And I just took my drone out there and started flying. And then a guy, um, there who owned a kayak business asked me to to uh, to do a video for him and i was like yeah i can do it but at the time i didn't know instability i didn't know if i can get paid or not so i was doing like did a video for free and he was like yo like the city's looking for a drone operator to do a video for the whole city and i was like oh you can send my invoice but i honestly don't know if i can get paid or not so i had to like go figure it out and then i was like yo i can get paid and she's like just don't use your name we're not it's just like like just use your business and um yeah, I took that project on, and it was lasting me for like three months. And uh, I was actually like going back and forth while playing football. I used to like edit the video like on the way to games on the bus. <laughs> and um, this is like this is why we're this is like yeah while we're playing. And then I should say, I had my four concussion like three games in my sophomore year, and then like that's when I was like, oh shit. Anyway, that's when me and my mom was like, all right, we got to figure something out if you keep getting these. Because this is the way I was like acting and, and the way I was reacting to the questions and, and having issues. I think that we knew, like, damn, like, this this is not a good turnaround. And um, sorry, I got, I got off track. Uh, nah, you're good, man. You just said you were having the concussions. Your mom was, was not yeah. feeling the way you were reacting to them when you were trying to heal. But yeah. then at the same time, you were killing it. Cause you were doing the stuff for the city, yeah, yeah, with the drones. Um, You're well, editing yeah, so on the way to games. I went to games. Um, what else, man? And then I, they kept coming back for more videos, and 
more people were in town and small businesses kept calling back and I kept making more and more videos throughout that whole fall. And, and it just started that way. And then um, his, uh, his girlfriend, uh, best friend had a, was getting married the following year. And uh, Taylor's cousin was also having a wedding. So they both asked me to do the wedding. So I had that planned out a year in advance. Like, all right, I'm gonna do these weddings next year also. And then once everything kind of like went downhill uh, in December and January, I was like, all right, I'm full go with this now and then you know i started reaching out to more people and i was just um i worked for some agencies worked for other wedding companies uh had my own weddings uh, yeah that's how, that's how i started in that little time span how that way did you I like was, doing all the way oh go ahead q my bad i was gonna say because that was wild because i remember seeing like videos that you would post on like instagram where you were doing you know editing of the drones that you were recording I'm like, man, this is pretty talented work. And, you know, obviously you had just got started with it. You're learning as you go and you can see the quality of the videos that you were putting out. And then it's like you transition into weddings. Like this is serious stuff. Someone, you are responsible for someone's <laughs> wedding videos. And if it's not perfect, you know, like that's all they dream of. Yeah, that, that weddings was like a scary thing for me because I was doing myself also. So usually people have like three wedding people, like three wedding videographers with them. I was about myself, so I might remember. I don't know if you remember it, but I was like running around like Dana's wedding. Yes, sweating. I remember. I was, I was, I was, going, <laughs> I was going to mention that that I've seen you do it live, and it's like how focused and locked in you have to be. Like, obviously, you're dedicated to your craft, and that's why the projects turn out as good as they're turning out. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's just there's, there's a reason why they're calling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it, bro. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, so yeah, the, the wedding business that I was that was a scary thing, but it was good money, especially in college. Just like I was still living off my scholarship money, so like all the money I was making from the freelance stuff, I was just saving and reinvesting, and like that's how I was able to take trips to LA and and whatnot. So that's how I how I got. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it's obviously paying off, so you know it's working. So pretty much from the weddings, how would you kind of transition into Steadicam? So um, there's a guy of the name of Morgan Cooper. Um, did you guys watch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Like someone remade it, like put like a little trailer out. Yeah, that crazy so, one where it's like the yeah. where it's gonna be like a drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So him, um, he used to do like a lot of like tutorials on, on YouTube. So I used to watch him all the time. I used to learn from. Him. And one day I just hit him up on Instagram. This is the time when he had like not that many followers. So I hit him up like, "Yo, can I come? I'll shadow you." He's in Kansas City, which is like seven hours from uh, Chicago. So he's like, yeah, I can come show. I have, a, I have a shoot. I'm shooting a short film. Like, it's four days. You can come out. I can't pay you, but you can come out. So I went out there. I drove all the way to Kansas City. Uh, I used my money I made. I just paid for my hotel. And just went out there free. Shadowed him. Uh, that was the first time me being on like a real set. Um, and he's like, yo, yo, thanks for your hard work. Like, can you please come with me to L.A.? I'll pay for everything. Like, I'll get you paid and all that. So I went out to L.A. for the first time with him. Uh, that was like a hell of an experience. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm here. <laughs> and then um, did a good job on that had a dope shoot. Then flew back. He brought me out again a month later. And that's when I met my now mentor Xavier. Um, he was our study came up on set. So that's the first time. Like it's something they see something physical, like it's like somewhat athletic thing in the film industry. And it was just cool to see. And I was like, I mean, what is that? And he just told me everything about it and everything that goes into it. And then he let me try it on. He's like, yo, you can take lessons from my mentor, um, who now, Greg, I still take lessons from now. And um, 
Yeah, I flew out to LA in January, like 2018, and took like three lessons. And I was like, yo, I love this shit. Like, let's go. And I told my parents about it. The problem is it, also, it costs a lot of money to like to hop in it. So that was like the big factor going into this. But um, we made it work. And I took another month. I took a month off because like the May break we get in college, you know, that, that May. I took that whole month off and um, went to LA, uh, stayed in a hotel for 25 nights. It was like, it was crazy, but it, it was definitely where it took, like, it took like four weeks of lessons with him. And I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. Let's go buy this rig. And after that, that June, I uh, bought my rig finally. And then my homeboy was like, yo, I'm about to hop on a television show. So he do, he's doing what I'm doing now with the music videos and commercials. So he was like, yo, I got to like pass my clients to somebody like, like it's an opportunity that you can take advantage of. So I kind of just told my dad, like, let's go. He, he flew to Chicago. We drove, I moved here like August 6th, 17. So we drove here and yeah, it started from there. I just, I, just, I, just took, I just took a smaller, smaller clients and then uh, yeah, I was able to get where I'm at now. So, <laughs> go ahead, Q. Go ahead. I, I got say, so much to say. Go ahead, though. So I was going to say, that's the crazy story because I really didn't know the ins and outs of how you got started with Steadicam. And I know you always been doing some film stuff and just how it kind of just took off. And then all of a sudden, you know, you were doing videos for, you know, some, some solid artists. And all of a sudden you saw the clientele just reach that next tier of talent. Yeah, man. It was, it was, uh, I think I'm very lucky to have Xavier because he really helped me because a lot of people are not able to jump in like that. You know, I was able to really, like, if you have a, a like, most clients, they want to see work when you, when you pass jobs. So, like, even if he passed a job with me, they all right, what, is, what has he done? So the fact that he was so good at the time, they just believe him so much that like, oh, he was the next person has to be good enough if he's saying it. So he really like, like I really believed oh. in me and I'm, I'm happy he did. So I was a really, a really good guy to, to have. Um, so he helped me like really shoot my, my time frame of what have, should have been like three years into six months. So that's wow. how I was able to really like really get my timeline. That's a crazy turnaround. And just to go through the catalog of artists that you've worked with, Kyle, you can jump in from here. I know you probably got Bro, some. I got, I got so many. I mean, first of all, the most recent, you just did some stuff with Beyonce for Black is King, which is, yeah, that's, that's damn. Tell us about that's... that experience before we go to anybody else. This is Beyonce we're talking about. So Queen how was that experience? I remember getting that call. I remember getting a text message. I was at, I was at a job and... um. It was crazy. I actually had a Travis Scott video I was supposed to do um, that same day, the Beyonce video. And then Beyonce, I got a Beyonce text. I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm like, obviously I dropped the Travis Scott stuff. I'm like, all right, let's go. So I, I was pretty nervous, you know, going into that situation. I'm like, all right, this is obviously the biggest artist I had, a superstar. This is like the biggest set I've been on. Like there's a lot of people, like way more than normal. Um, Definitely nervous, uh, you know, just talking to the DP. I'm like, I'm pretty young. I operate, you must operate a little older than me. So just, I you know, at the time I was, I was 24. So at the time, 24 years old, I was walking into that environment, like everyone just being in their 40s. I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, they're going to expect so much out of me. And I was, I was actually, I remember, this is a funny story, but they had me up. So to light the scene, some people like this, you can put it on a tripod, 
which like the camera can sit on. But for this, they actually had him like up in the rig, just moving around, like just showing them like what's going on, just to see if they need to fix anything before Beyonce or anybody steps in. And I was up at the time for like seven to ten minutes. And seven to ten minutes in the rig is a long time. Like usually, like people get tired like, after like four or five minutes after doing a song. So you can imagine up for seven to ten minutes at a time. And then the talent will step in, and then we'll go for another 10 minutes. I was up in the rig for like 15, 20 minutes, experimenting throughout this, the first day. And Beyonce, I didn't notice at lunchtime, but apparently she asked my, my head cameraman, like, hey, is he nervous? Because after, after a certain point in time, like, my leg actually started shaking, like, because I'm like, it goes from my back, and then it goes down my legs. That's where the pain goes. I'm like, damn. And once I heard that, I'm like, all right, you got to tighten up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they can fire you on the spot. Like, it was, I, had, I was locked in for three days, so they can fire you. Like, my, my mentor has been fired. I know people who have been fired. So I'm like, oh, they're definitely going to fire me on some Beyonce video. You know what I mean? So I was definitely, I had to lock in. But um, at the time, I, yeah, I was like, no, man, I'm just tired. Like, I'm not nervous. <laughs> but, like, I was nervous up until that point. But once, you know, the first shot was on, I just kind of locked in. But that was a, a funny story. Like, I was like, oh, shit, I can't be, I can't be. <laughs> See, I just think it's crazy. You got Beyonce talking about you. That's that's already, like, to me, you made it. <laughs> For real. And it's like, yeah. man, yeah. it's just to hear that conversation. Like, from the outside looking in, from, you know, obviously people who are viewing your videos and, you know, seeing the work that you're doing, outside looking in, we wouldn't know anything about someone being able to be fired on the spot. Like, yeah. you know Literally, yeah, it, 15 seconds could be the difference in you being, you know, in or out. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I would, it's not a, it's somewhere of a cutthroat industry, I can say. Like, there, like, there's no, like, friendliness, there's no, like, feeling bad. I think, it, I, I, I definitely had that in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah, we can get fired. So you gotta, like, be in your A game at all times and make sure you're doing what's, what's asked. So, yeah, yeah for sure. So, I mean, that's just one. I mean, Kyle, Dude. you want to keep going through the rest I, of I can start. I can start listing them off, bro. I mean, you had Gunna, Travis Scott, Young Thug, uh, Future, Eminem, Juice World, Kevin Gates, Jack Harlow, uh, Post Malone. You did the Soul Train Award site for Men's Fall Dior Fashion Show. Like, dude, dude. <laughs> like, dude, this, that's yeah. so crazy. So yeah, it's, it's been a hell of a ride so far, man. So what about a couple of these other artists? Um, is there any interesting experiences that you have with maybe like a on set with Young Thug, Gunner, Travis Scott, Future? What type of individuals are they on the set? Uh, Do they ask a lot as far as, you know, things being done? Are they kind of hard asses? Are they pretty... I cheap? think the majority of them, like, it's, it's kind of sort of younger guys are usually the ones that are like semi-ignorant. They're just like, yeah, let's go or cussing out. Usually the older guys like Future. Um, he was like very chill. Post Malone was the opposite. Him and Juice World were the best people. Like Post is probably one of the best people like, I ever met in my life. Like, really? was, like why is like, that? Yeah. Let us I know he's why. The sweetest dude. I Just like, he's like a sweetheart. He, yeah, like he's like me and my DP, the head guy, we were just chilling with our cars. He would come up to us and start talking. We were just like chilling. He's smoking his cig and, sm and drinking his Bud Light. And he was having a casual conversation. But he's just, like, a, such a happy, like, good-looking guy. Man. I, I don't know. And he's only 24. I thought he yeah. was, like, in his – I thought he was someone older, but he's, like, he's just a, a big-ass yeah. kid. And, man, he's yeah, he's definitely one of the 
the best artist I've been around. I actually like really enjoyed being around him for two days. And then Juice Bro was also like uh, really good to be around. He was just very like he didn't seem sort of an artist. He was just like one of the guys hanging around. That was cool to be around. But one of the stories of Juice Bro, uh, I'm in Louisiana when we shot one of his videos with an like, NBA young boy, they put us in a, a alligator. Like a, it was like a um, the guy who on the, his name is Easy. He's a big ass nineteen year old kid. He's like going to swamp people, and um, he was like, "Yo, you're fine." Yeah, he's an old alligator. He's not gonna do anything. I promise. <laughs> so like Juice, Juice is in the back of the alligator. Like, like there's a little swamp thing, and then there's grass, and Juice is in the back, and I was in the front. So the point was to get the alligator like in the shot while I'm filming Juice behind him, and I'm just sitting there the whole time, bro. He's just such an idiot. Because at any moment, like, I have this big-ass thing where just any moment, I cannot take off. Like, I'm held, like, I got, like, 50 pounds on me right now. Like, I'm not going to be running that fast. So if this thing attacks me, like, just, I highly doubt this, this uh, you know, the 19 kids going to be able to stop this alligator if he, like, just takes off. He's literally just staring at me like this. And I'm literally, like, seven feet away from him at, at the same time. And I was just like, bro, it's such an idiot. What are you doing? Never doing this again. And he did a couple <laughs> takes, and I was, I was so happy to get the hell out of there. But that was that was like one of the the craziest things I've done. Uh, another juice sort video. I actually went on top of an airplane. I'm not sure you remember that, but I was on top of an airplane wing, like in the Mojave Desert, and I was like like 30 feet off the ground with this big ass thing on. I'm just like, bro, you gotta stop doing this crazy stuff. <laughs> this is not worth this is not worth your life. So yeah, those are those are the two things. But most artists, the first question, most artists are like. They're hard. I, we get a, you get a mix of good people, bad, and there's some people in the middle, but, like, I think the younger artists are definitely ones that we should, like, that show the most ignorance and, like, like, they, they just haven't been there yet. You know, they're, they're for, like, one or two yeah. years. They're just not popping. You know, they just think their ego's all the way up here, and they haven't leveled out to, like, their stardom yet. So that's where we, I find, like, most yeah. of them. Yeah, so age sounds like the stereotypical fact. So let's, yeah. uh, can we specify some of these artists that are, <laughs> you know. This man, no more jobs, <laughs> do you, man? Come on, man. I, I just, just want to know personally. I, oh, man. You got you got any hotheads? You got any, who, let's let's put some categories to the side. Who Who's a hothead out of the, the. the I don't know. I don't, don't, don't want to get down Pacifics, man. Uh. <laughs> there's, there, there's definitely some that some of the some rappers in there that are somewhat hot heads that just like I've been I remember doing a night shoot and one of them was just like yo hurry up like hurry up I'm taking too damn long he's <laughs> cussing us out so, like, that, so, so, so the way you said it that sounds like Travis Scott no 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 one of those situations that was just like bro like in my head, I'm like, bro, if you don't shut the hell up. But obviously, I'm not going to say anything. No, but tell his ass. There's definitely situations that I, I, I have experienced those moments. But yeah, there's definitely some good people that, that know how to, like, it is it is a lot. Like, you'd be surprised, man. I've seen, like, some PAs which are production assistants or even, like, bigger people on set, like, acts picture or something like this and like they're I mean, they're they're actually that stuff in 24 7 and they're brought up 24 7 so you can imagine like this is like their work environment and the last thing you want to do you know is like mess around or just kind of like this is for them 
to make an art piece so that they can, you know, continue to grow. So yeah, I get it at some points, but so, yeah. Dude, it, it's when you're sitting there, you're interacting like you like. First of all, I want to know what Juice World was he just freestyling all the time, even when he's talking? Does he even talk to you, or did he just freestyle the whole time while he was trying to talk? To you? <laughs> That's what <laughs> I really was talking. Nah, I never, I never caught him in a freestyle. I never heard him freestyle, but like I did watch his like his hour. It's crazy. I didn't watch that until after he passed, but I, I did watch his hour piece when he was just going crazy. He's a and, freak, um, man. Yeah, I didn't know like a lot of his songs. He was when the was from the freestyle. Oh, yeah. he didn't write anything. Everything was like yeah. a freestyle. That was like the sad thing is, is that's what a lot of critics were ripping on him about. Like, your album doesn't sound like an album because you never wrote any of it. You yeah. know what I mean? You just freestyled it off the top, and it sounds like that. That dude was right. And, it's, it's, and it still was cold. Yeah, right. he songs that were freestyles. Probably the greatest yeah, so freestyle much. of all time. He has so much in the book. He has albums. He can put up everybody four or five albums to go. I, I bet. Stuff. So yeah, that's those that situations is all crazy. I remember, I remember, I was in the gym working out, and I seen it right from my phone. And I was like, put my phone away. I'm like, there's no way. And I seen it again. I'm like, Fuck. I know. Yeah, that, that was definitely one of those moments. I, I was like, I actually like felt gutted at the time. I was like, Damn. So, yeah. yeah. He was young too, man. That's yeah, so twenty one, twenty one, I think, at the time. Yeah. Yeah, R.I.P. Juice, man. Yeah, he was he was the one who did that uh, that really dope like I don't know. Lil Peep had just died. XX Tentacion had just died, and he wrote that yeah. legend song about them. That was a really cool tribute. Like he's just a dude who 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 was so aware of how he was feeling, and he knew how to tell it to people so that other people could feel. You know what I mean? Like he was yeah. just unreal at that. Crazy talent. Yeah, man. We were blessed he touched us for a while. No, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. And then Posty, yeah. like you said, his patented cigarette and Bud Light. And Anything else? Did you, you said you were with him, what, two straight days, three straight days? Yeah, uh, two days. The first day there, we are in, because um, it lives in Utah. So we mm -hmm. drove, like, I don't remember the location exactly, but it was kind of like in farmland. So, like, because he was vacation at the time, actually. And, um, they were just, they had so many, like, he firearms. They had, he loved guns. So they, they brought out everything you can think of. And all these guys are there, and they're just, and I'm sitting there, like, I don't I don't have the uh, headphones in or anything to protect my ears. So I'm like, staring step away. But like, they just letting off, like, right by me. Like, I'm just like, holy shit. All right, this is the environment I'm in right now. And nowhere in Utah. Um, yeah, that was that was a crazy video to be a part of the other artist Tyler. I think he signed under post or something like that. But it, that that was definitely a, a crazy video to be a part of. And it's being in Utah during that was my first video from quarantine. So like oh, that was cool. I did, we did that video like late April. So they yeah, that was definitely a hype. Just just drive eight hours to Utah just for that. I was that was definitely worth it. Hell yeah, get get out. Yeah, it's it's sure. crazy too, because he hates he hates California. He I didn't know that. Yeah, he said it, it's bad for his uh, artistic, like, ability, like, to, to actually write. He says he just can't do it. He said that the hard part about California is everybody always wants something from you and stuff's never ending. So it's like every day something's going on. You got to go to some interview or go do this or go do that. And he was like, it was killing me when I was trying to write music. Yeah. So that's why he ran away. He's definitely in the middle of nowhere. He's chilling, man. He's probably a lot smarter for him because he gets to 
an even bigger house at a cheaper price. And he's he's just, <laughs> he's just chilling, man. So, yeah. Hell yeah. What was Kevin Gates like, dude? Dude, oh, I felt like I was being preached by him, man. Uh, he was because we were doing a lot of running shots. I'm sure you saw the video, but we was doing. I was um yeah, on like a gator, and uh, so every time he stopped, he was just like he was just was talking to me. He's like, "Yo, man, you gotta get about it, bro." Like, cause he was um, it's a legend. I think he's Muslim. Yep. So he was just like he was preaching. Preaching that to me, I'm not sure exactly what he was saying, but I just remember him is preaching a lot and and uh, is telling me how he lost like 20, 30 pounds while he was in prison, and telling me how because he had no futures in that album that he dropped. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm doing this shit with myself. Uh, you got it. You got to get it. I remember. I, I wish I remember more, more he said, but it was just like that was definitely a like a highly motivated video situation, and, and just being able to talk to him and he's very great. Like. Like he's one of those dudes that like you know that he really bought his shit. So it was it was it was cool being around him. He sure. he he's got so much knowledge too, and he he's the kind of guy who, like you said, gritty. He could tell you the nastiest thing, but still say it in a straight face and own it. And like you just be like, I can't believe he just he's said very, what he said. Very, yeah, he's like very intelligent. Yeah, like he's like a gritty, intelligent guy. He's just like he still got a little hook, the hood slur with him. And like at the same time, he, he he just make you like not feel dumb, but like if you try to if you try him, like he he's gonna he gonna outsmart you. So yeah, yeah, I like Kevin Gates. I, I've followed him for man years. I'm I'm a big fan. And you also did that What's Poppin', which is like the biggest song in the world right now for yeah, Jack um, Harlow. What was that kid like? He he's pretty new, and he just ratted out Lou Williams the other day. I, I don't know what happened with that situation. <laughs> he posted him on his IG story that he left the bubble for a funeral, but he was going to Magic City for oh, some some wings, some chicken wings. Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't know about that. <laughs> the, the funeral was valid. The funeral was valid, but you know, on it, before he went back to the bubble, he had to get some wings. So, you know, that, they say that's <laughs> that's where the best uh, chicken wings is in Atlanta. So, <laughs> I did not know that as well. But I didn't. I didn't know who Jack Harlow was up until that video. Like I didn't know until they played the song. I'm like, all right, who the hell is this? He looks like Tristan. <laughs> looks like Tristan um, Jazz. <laughs> the YouTube, his boy. Oh, you talking about the? Are you talking about the? I know you talking about. He's like a little white kid. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he does like a bigger version of him. Yup. I never yeah, seen but, uh, uh, Harlow, so I gotta. I gotta... Check just like yeah. him, bro. Just taller. Just like him, though. So, yeah, one last person I wanted to ask about. Let, was... him, let him tell the story about Jack Harlow <laughs> quick. Hold on. <laughs> tell the story. No, you good. Um, no, but Jack was like he was. He was. He's actually a sweetheart. He's he's definitely like, a really good guy, and you can tell. Like, I'm not sure he didn't really blow up at that time yet. But after the song dropped, obviously he did. But at the time, like, he was definitely like down to earth and was just like. At trying to help, I'm like, hey, you got anything else for me? Trying to do more than he had to for sure. And then I was definitely happy for him just after that drop and just seeing the numbers just go. And his hearing on the radio, hearing on the NBA, like them playing the songs there and like the commercials. This is crazy. I'm like, damn. And I'm not sure you know the backstory in that song, but uh, Cole, the director. Cole Bennett. That's, I wanted to ask you about him actually. So keep yeah, going. Yeah, so the director, director, because uh, he likes to be sent a song before he does. The videos. I thought he like 
Yeah, because he gets he get hit hits up so much that he just like approves the song before he does anything. And I guess him and Jack were trying to like, figure out which one they want to do, and that's one of the songs we sent him. But I guess it had no chorus or hook or something like that. I think Jack just restarted the whole thing like with no chorus or hook. And um, Cole was like, "Yo, you gotta you gotta add something to it." And just this knowing like how that all evolved into Jack believing in him, and then us making it work up with the video, which is dope. The whole story behind it. So yeah, yeah, that's that's how all that worked out. So yeah. So did Cole Bennett get a uh, executive producer credit on that song then, since he pretty much steered it into stardom? Oh no, man, I, I don't think so. Cole, knowing Cole, he he didn't even ask. He probably doesn't care. But yeah, I don't think so. No. After this interview, all the A and R's are gonna start hitting up Cole. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he told. I think if you watch the interview from what's popping on, on Cole's channel, he actually told the whole story how it happened, so you can watch that. I have to check that out after this. What were you about to say, Q? Uh, I was gonna say so. The what's popping video has ninety-two million views right now. How does it feel to be a part of something that has so many views and it's getting eyeballs from the entire world? I don't know. I think. At like 50, I was like, holy crap. And then after a while, we just kind of like, all right, it just keeps going up and it's, it's just kind of there. Um, I think one of the, the biggest ones is like NLE Chopper or something with Blueface, or they're like at like 180 mil. And just watching those blow up, that, those are kind of insane. Um, I think the Eminem video jumped when it got to 100, it got to like 100 in a month, I think. And I, that was at a point I was like, oh crap. <laughs> like has a lot of eyes on that and yeah, that's a big it, deal it's, it's how it went up so fast so yeah so it, your relationship with Cole you've worked with him a bunch how yeah, did that yeah. how did that happen how did you guys meet up because he he's a pretty darn big deal yeah that's just, so that's from Xavier so that's, that was Xavier my uh, Mitchell's client at first so um, I, I actually went on set with Xavier when operating I met Cole and then introduced myself and, and we and that's when he first met me. And then once Xavier wasn't available, they gave me an opportunity to have a really small, like a really small video. And then after that, it was just, I go from there. And I'm probably done like, man, like 25, 20 videos with them so far. So it's, it's definitely been dope to be a part of their, their wild ride. Cause they're continuing to just skyrocket right now. So yeah, it's dope being a part of that. Do you have aspirations to direct? I don't know, man. I, I, I really enjoy what I do because I, I, I like the freedom. Directing is, is you know, just, there's a lot of work on the post the post side and the pre-side. Like, it can be, like, a whole two months of, you know, you do, working on this project between with the labels. I know he does a lot of stuff with the labels and just approvals and all this stuff. But I just, I honestly get a call, I show up on set, I shoot and leave, and I'm done. And I really enjoy that. For now, maybe as I get older and, and get more into the industry, maybe I want to dive in directing. But for now, I really enjoy what I do. Hey, man, if you love it, that's the best thing. I'm happy that you love it. That's that's awesome, bro. Your life is exciting. Dude. I'm glad you let us in on it. it it's been fun. Uh, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate y'all. You got anything else, Q? Nah, we're good, man. I appreciate you, Renard. Way to come on and... Uh... Give us some gems on how the industry is and, you know, the career path you've chosen. And, man, it's working out. Appreciate and and, and, and off-camera, you could tell us about all the bad artists that we don't want to put on glass. All right, gotcha. I appreciate you coming on, man, and we'd love to have you back whenever you want to come back. 
I appreciate y'all, man. Have a good one.